Good morning, EPC family. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to stay up to date on the latest news, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms where we'll be posting announcements or any upcoming events. Also, remember to keep sending in any prayer requests you have so that the EPC community can continue to support you in prayer. Enjoy the rest of the service. May the Lord's presence be your strength this week.
morning. Today I'll be reading from the book of Mark, chapter 5, verses 1 to 20. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in numbers, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has shown mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed. May God bless his word. Hello everyone. Today we'll be continuing our summer preaching series, which we've entitled Uncomfortable. We're considering scriptures where Jesus made those around him feel uncomfortable by the things that he said and the things that he did. The main idea of this series is this. If we, the followers of Jesus, are going to continue his work of making marginalized people feel safe, we must begin with a fresh exposure to the uncomfortable teachings of Jesus. A few weeks ago, I was watching one of my favorite movies, Hacksaw Ridge, with some family members who had never seen the movie before. There's a point in the movie where an army unit had climbed the ridge and is completely overrun by the enemy. Most of the platoon are killed, and those who survived are running back down over the ridge to save their lives. The main character in the movie is Desmond Dawes, a medic who happens to be a devout Seventh-day Adventist. As he is engulfed in the chaos, watching his unit scramble for their lives, he begins to pray. And he asks God this question, 
what is it you want me to do? I don't understand, he says. I can't hear you. It's then in the midst of the explosions and the chaos that he hears the cry of a wounded soldier. And he realizes in that moment that God is speaking to him through the cry of the wounded and he runs back into the fire to rescue him. As I watched that scene, I was reminded that the voice of God is heard in the cries of the wounded, of the hopeless, and the abandoned. Today, we will be considering Jesus' encounter with the demon-possessed man in Mark chapter 5, a man who was crying out, a man who was wounded, who was hopeless, who had been abandoned. And we will see today that the voice of God is heard in the cries of the wounded, the hopeless, and the abandoned who are crying out for help. First of all this morning, an uncomfortable location. Jesus' ministry up until now has focused on the Jewish context, but our scripture today takes place in Gentile territory. The message of the kingdom of God was not just for the Jews. Jesus' mission was to reach all, the whole world, all cultures, all people. The location of this event is the area on the east shore of the Sea of Galilee known as the Decapolis. Now, the Decapolis literally means 10 towns. Jews avoided this area because it was primarily inhabited by Gentiles whose lifestyles were considered unclean. We are told that the specific area that Jesus targets has a burial area located there and also some pig farms. In Jewish teaching, to have contact with death, with pigs, was considered unclean and would require extensive washing rituals to be considered clean again. For this reason, Jews would avoid Gentiles, they would avoid burial areas, they would avoid pigs. It was Jesus' idea to go there. In Mark chapter 3, verse 45, Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. Getting to the other side did not come easy. They were caught in the chaos of a life-threatening storm on their way. Jesus had to calm the storm for them to arrive safely. Imagine this with me for a moment. A boat comes ashore near a graveyard, near a pig farm, in Gentile territory that is filled with Jews. This is not an everyday occurrence. I imagine that this was very uncomfortable for the disciples. This was way outside their comfort zone. This place went against everything that they were taught their whole lives. Perhaps that's why Mark records that they, meaning all of them, went across to the other side, but only talks about Jesus getting out of the boat. In fact, none of the other gospel writers record anyone other than Jesus getting out of the boat either. It is very likely that the disciples never left the boat, but watched everything from the comfort of the boat. Secondly today, an uncomfortable encounter. What compelled Jesus to go to places that others were reluctant to go to was the value that he placed on the person or the people that he was wanting to reach. 
As soon as Jesus got out of the boat, the main character of this story presents himself. A man from the tombs comes to see Jesus. He was unclean. He was living in an unclean place. He was living alone among the tombs. He was alienated from his family, from his friends, from his community. He was demon-possessed, and no one could bind him, we're told, anymore. He had incredible strength. Not even chains could hold him down. He would literally break the iron. He was miserable. Day and night, he would cry out from the tombs. To find comfort and relief, he would cut himself. He voluntarily approached Jesus and fell before him. Now, it's important to note that this is not an act of worship. He is under the control of demons. When he speaks, it's not him, but the demons who are doing the speaking. This is clearly a confrontation of two spiritual powers, of two opposing authorities. And by falling before Jesus, it is clear who it is that has the ultimate authority. The demons attempted to establish control over Jesus. You see, in the world of dark magic, to know and declare the name of a person or the name of a spirit was believed to give you power over them. Jesus had already told the demons to come out of the man, but they're trying to resist his authority. Interesting that when Jesus calmed the storm just previous to this, the disciples looked at each other and they asked this question, who is this? Who is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. Here, Mark answers that question because even the demons of hell know who Jesus is. Their question is not, who are you? They know that answer. They address him as Jesus, the son of the most high God. They know who he is. Their question is, what do you want with us? Why are you here? What are you up to? What's your agenda? They were begging Jesus not to torture them. Jesus then asked the demon, what is your name? The demon voice replied, Legion. Now, Legion is not a name. It means that there are multiple demons possessing this man, acting, working together to destroy him. Jesus is not establishing a formula here for casting out demons, as some might suggest. He is instead showing us that there were multiple demons involved in this particular situation, and he was about to show the extent of his authority. This is a significant moment for him. Now, there is no issue that Jesus is going to send them away. He's going to cast them out of this man, and the demons already know this. The question is, where are they going to go? Now, there's a herd of pigs feeding on the hillside, and so the demons ask Jesus if he would send them to the pigs. Jesus gives them permission to go to the pigs, and the result is that 2,000 pigs rushed into the water and drowned. Now, I want us to note today, Jesus didn't kill the pigs. Jesus didn't kill the pigs. He didn't send the demons into the pigs. The demons chose to enter the pigs. The demons killed the pigs. Now, this is an act of destruction that was a demonstration of the extent of the evil that was possessing this man and the authority that Jesus had over these demons. 
the result was that this man whose life was ruined, isolated, who was intent on self-destruction, was now free because Jesus responded to the cry of this wounded, hopeless, abandoned man. And in doing so, was responding to the will of God to seek and save the lost. Thirdly, an uncomfortable reaction. Those who were caring for the pigs witnessed this catastrophic event. They rushed into town and returned with a large crowd. The crowd was assessing the damage. They'd never seen anything like this before. And so they asked Jesus to leave the area because he was a disturbing presence to them. They were uncomfortable with Jesus. They were uncomfortable with what just happened. They didn't know what to do with this. They were torn. On one hand, they observed catastrophic damage. And on the other hand, they saw a man who had been miraculously changed. Without resistance, Jesus headed back and got in the boat. But the man who was demon-possessed was now free and ran after Jesus, begging to go along with him. Jesus said, no, you can't come. Go back to your family and tell them what has happened here today. Jesus had changed this man's life. He had a story of deliverance. He had a story of life change to tell to his family and his friends. He had a story that needed to be told. And the man began to tell everyone what Jesus had done for him. The people were amazed. They remember the scary, demon-possessed man who lived among the tombs, who screamed out day and night, who cut himself because he was so tormented. The impact of this encounter was significant. We read later in Mark chapter 7, verse 31, that Jesus returned to this area and the people brought a deaf mute to Jesus to be healed. They remembered Jesus and they welcomed him back. The story ends with the man clothed, free, restored to his family, and full of excitement and joy, devoting his life to telling his story so others might embrace the Jesus that changed his life. There are three observations that I would like to draw from our scripture today. The first is value. We can never underestimate the value of a person who is created in the image of God. It's sometimes easy for us to categorize which people are valuable and which people are not. I want to remind all of us today that God doesn't categorize people. He loves us all. Jesus died for all of us. Our world is filled with broken people, hurting people, hopeless people, evil people even, who are crying out whose only hope is Jesus. Jesus has demonstrated to us in this very account that as uncomfortable as it might be for us, we are to love the unlovable, forgive the unforgivable, and reach out to the unreachable. To dare and cross the boundary lines, the pressure of culture, and dare I say, even the pressure of church culture, because all people matter to God, period. 
You might be watching or listening today and you're hurting. You're lonely. You're sad. You feel tormented. You're living your life in bondage. Perhaps you're even harming yourself as a coping mechanism. You might feel like you're worthless today. That no one would miss you if you were gone. That your rejection is too painful to ever overcome. You may even have thoughts of taking your own life. But I want you to know today that you matter. I want you to know that you matter. I want you to be reminded today that God created you. He has a purpose for your life. He wants to set you free and love you. Why? Because you matter. You matter. You have value. Secondly, authority. Jesus is teaching us in this passage that there is nothing that he doesn't have authority over. There may be things in your life that you have tried to overcome, but without success. Perhaps there's the pain of your past. Maybe there are experiences that you've had, losses you've experienced, abandonment, low self-worth, maybe your upbringing or addictions in alcohol, drugs, gambling, or pornography. Despite how hard you've tried, you've not been able to overcome these things. I want you to know today that Jesus has authority over whatever is intimidating, threatening, and causing you to live in bondage. If we are willing to take the right actions, if we are willing to go through the right processes while relying all throughout on God's power and authority, we can be victorious in our lives. Interestingly, the Gospel of Mark ends his account of the life of Jesus with Jesus being naked, bound, beaten, bloodied, isolated, crying out, and among the tombs. The crucifixion of Jesus is the greatest onslaught of hell ever recorded in history. The damaging assault of evil is on display for all to witness. But the story doesn't end there. God allowed Satan and the demons of hell to lash out their worst upon him so he could demonstrate his authority over sin, death, hell, and the grave. Mark's gospel ends with a savior who is risen. It ends with a hell that has been defeated. It ends with a king who is victorious. I want to remind us all today, when we respond to the cries of the wounded, the hopeless, and the abandoned, we're not acting on our own. We are acting in the authority of Jesus. In Luke 9 verses 1 to 2, we see recorded there that Jesus gave his followers authority. We share in the authority of Jesus. We are anointed and empowered with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus left, his disciples carried on his ministry under the empowering of the same Holy Spirit. People were amazed at the authority that they had when they spoke, when they ministered, when they carried out the mission of Jesus. As we continue to live the same mission, empowered by the same Holy Spirit, we share in the same authority, the authority of Jesus. Thirdly, story. For many years, I struggled with sharing my faith with others. I read a lot of books on how to. I had tried a lot of programs, but nothing seemed right. It just seemed 
forced. It felt uncomfortable. But freedom came when I discovered that the greatest asset that I had in sharing Jesus with others was living a life that modeled his grace and telling my story. Many of us have a story of how Jesus changed our lives. We need to know our story. We need to be able and willing to share our story. Our story accomplishes two things that help us respond to the voice of God by hearing the cries of the wounded, the hopeless, and the abandoned. First, our story makes us real, and people can relate to real. And secondly, our story connects us with other people's stories. They can see themselves in the story. If God can do that for you, then maybe he can do that for me. You see, our story is not threatening. Our story is inspiring. God will use us greatly to help those who are wounded and hopeless and abandoned as we share our story of how Jesus has changed our lives. In conclusion this morning, I want to remind us, the voice of God is heard in the cries of the wounded, the hopeless, and the abandoned who are crying out for help. Jesus has demonstrated to us in this account that as uncomfortable as it might be for us, we are to love the unlovable, forgive the unforgivable, and reach out to the unreachable. When we respond to the cries of the wounded, the hopeless, and the abandoned, we are not acting on our own. We are acting on the authority of Jesus. Folks, God will use us greatly to help those who are wounded, hopeless, and abandoned as we share our story of how Jesus has changed our lives. The voice of God is heard in the cries of the wounded, the hopeless, and the abandoned who are crying out for help.
Thank you for joining us today. We are just delighted that you could be a part of this service with us. We pray that something said, something sung, something that's been a part of this service today has ministered to you. If we can be of assistance, please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know. For those of you who regularly attend Evangel, this week you would have received an email asking at the end of that email for you to do a one minute, three question, very quick survey. It's important for us to hear from you. If you haven't done that yet, the deadline to have that done is Sunday, August the 30th and by end of day. And so if you haven't done it yet, make sure you get it done. We want to hear from you. God bless you and have a great week.